0: The second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free to play pools every day of the basketball and hockey playoffs, offering players a free shot at $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part is, that it's free to play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and search a whole wide variety of free contests and an opportunity to win cash prizes. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot. Add up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball and hockey playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.
1: survive to live another day well the islanders got them on the ropes that's for sure we got a game six tonight on long island it's going to be a thriller and the canes are done so we're down to six it's world hockey report cody jansen katie caldwell here presented by lord co auto parts now open in edmonton albert on st albert trail northwest wow down to six it feels like these playoffs have flown by let's snap it over to bc katie what's going on
2: well, when everybody keeps sweeping each other, I mean, come on. Give us a few more. You only one out
1: of stuff sweep. To only, only one sweep. Come on. Give Carolina their respect. They won a game. <laughs> I just mean in the playoffs in general, it's wild. Yeah, Montreal. More playoff series wins in eight days than Toronto has in something like 17 years. Oof, what a franchise to cheer for. You almost have to feel bad. Almost. I'm not saying you have to fully feel bad for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But, oof, Carey Price. I don't think anyone, and I mean, we're not going to go back on our predictions because those things can get burnt with fire for a second round. But, like, <laughs> Winnipeg, what are you doing? I don't care how much you want to blame it on Mark Shifley being out. That's a tough look. And we are going to get into all of our playoff, not predictions anymore, recaps, thoughts, all of that coming up. Plus, in about oh, 14 minutes' time, Catherine Silverman, goalie analyst from In Goal Magazine, going to join us there's a lot of goalie talk. I'm sure Carey Price might come up. Darcy Kemper just picked up another gold. Then it's Mitch Ging, our video coach and the KHL. He's going to join us in 40 minutes. It'll be fun. Pick his brain. Those are some of the stories that I like talking about. You know, the good guys of the game, the journeymen. He's been everywhere. So it's going to be awesome to hear his story, dive into that. Of course. World Hockey Board, printed by Lord Co. Auto Parts. For almost 50 years now, Lord Co. Household, name across Western Canada, proudly Canadian-owned and operated much more than just car parts. New store, St. Albert Trail Northwest, right here in Edmonton. Huge selection, aftermarket auto parts, accessories, dedicated truck center. Whether you're looking for high-performance parts, shop equipment, paint, body supplies, outdoor gear, whatever you need to get your RV on the road, boat on the water, they got great camping supplies. Are you a big camper? Do you go camping anytime, Katie, or what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I live in the Philippines. Unru- unreal camping gear out there hiking gear too. lord lord Co, the best place go check them out seven days a week lord oh wow where do we start with the playoffs i'll snap it over to you and i want you to pick a series here give me a hot take give me a thought because what a second Ooh. round we're being treated to
2: what a second round but should we talk about the shifley comments because i think that's what's buzzing online right now have you seen this
1: the Shifley, like recent comments?
2: Yeah. So. Oh, uh,
1: I didn't refresh my Twitter. Okay. That's a problem.
2: Go to Break the News. Yeah. Go Go to Murat's um, Twitter here. Man, is it ever hilarious the comments that are coming in? So um, let me just find it here.
1: Great so, live, live show here as we're both just <laughs> ripping through Twitter. <laughs> okay, go. <laughs> if you've got it, give her. Okay, let me just find it.
2: He has a lot of tweets coming up here.
1: They are doing their season end or end of season availability. So.
2: Yeah. Okay. Here, you start talking while I find this.
1: Okay. Well, we are looking for Mark Shifley comments. Oh, here. I thought it was going to be going to be tried to be shut down by Philip and oh I thought I was going to be tried to be shut down by Philip Deneau. and it was the Department of Player Safety that shut me down. Wow.
0: There it is.
1: Hot take by Mike Mark Shifley. Like did we did talk about know, that last did we talk about that last week about the hit?
2: Not um, not a whole lot and I think this comment makes it pretty interesting to speak about because like how did he go from being such a likable player in this league In a week to just going, everyone online is just going, what are you doing right now? Like I saw Shifley's face when he was starting to go down the tunnel and then he turned around and he's looking at Evans laying there. He looked horrified. He looked sick like most normal people would. Did he not, like if Jake Evans gets up and he skates off or whichever, fine. But did he not see him laying face down on the ice and have to be stretched off and you're going to drop comments like that? Like I'm all for players b- having more personality. I'm all for running your mouth a little bit more cuz it rather than just pucks and deep pucks on net BS that we're trained to hear but get real. Like where's the accountability in this situation?
1: I have to give you credit because you had like a top five funny tweet of the month when you you like tweeted something. It was like, guy gets stabbed and you're like, well, that's playoff hockey. Yeah, I don't remember it word for word, but I thought that was funny. And I, I do agree with what you're saying is totally wrong time, wrong place for Mark Shifley. I mean, hey, the wires cross. I don't care if he doesn't swear. I mean, it's a dangerous hit. I understand why he does try to play the body. It's tough to play the puck in that situation if, you know, the puck hops over his if Evans misses it by chance we're not talking about it as much nearly so Mm -hmm. I'll I'll give him a little bit of leeway there but again I mean you intentionally went for the hit everyone hits to hurt that's the NHL and you deserve the you know you deserve the punishment I I thought it was going to be two games I did I honestly thought it was Mm going to be two games he doesn't have much of a reputation but to sit there and I mean bitch and complain because you got four when you you know possibly ended Evans playoffs I don't I don't know. Has he been back yet? I don't think so. I'm, uh, no. i just running myself into a hole here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like you, you know, you gave him a concussion. You possibly ended his playoffs, and now you're going to play the, you know, the sad puppy card. I, mm-hmm. no thanks.
2: But see, and that's the thing is, I'm looking at Montreal right now, and their leaders are leading. And when I look at Shifley making those comments, I just go, man, this is your time right now to be a leader. You already screwed the team by making that hit, and it is what it is. There's nothing you can do about it. And the Jets, like the Jets, I think there should have been more guys step into that next man up mentality. Obviously, they were totally thrown off by a number of the injuries, the suspension. Like there's a number of different factors to it. But man, you got to be a leader. You made your mistake. Be accountable.
1: I, th- their best, their best player in that series was Logan Stanley. I don't know. I don't know. You, you, you kind of you talk and you pump Blake Wheeler's tires and you pump Nick Wheeler's tires, mm-hmm. and everyone talks about Pierre Luc Dubois like he's some superstar. Well, show up when it matters. I mean, that's when you play the damn game. It doesn't matter what you do in the regular season. It doesn't matter what you did two playoffs ago. You know, it, it's all about the here and now. It's the recency bias in the NHL. That's when you have to step up, and that's where the best players step up. Look at Carey Price. I mean, mm-hmm. they're down 3-1 in a series, and he flips it on and becomes the best goaltender in the world again. That's what elite NHL players do, and that's what 10000000 dollar players do. Well, you bring up
2: Dubois, too. He's got to be super hurt, right? Like, he looked. Is that no?
1: We're going to use the excuse he's hurt?
2: Well, I, I don't that's why I'm asking that question because I'm watching him going there's no way that you can be fine right now and I know that everybody's playing hurt for the most part in the playoffs but he was one that I'm watching him just going either this did not work out or he's way more hurt than we anticipated because where was he what was he doing
1: it looked like this- those shifts in Columbus where he was checked out how funny were those. <laughs>
2: I'll never forget those are
1: though. some of my favorite videos of all time like just NHL checked out trade me right now slap shot.
2: Oh I, I live for that that is really fun NHL drama that's a really good. Point. <laughs> but yeah let's swing over to round uh, two let's do you want to do Bruins and Isles sorry uh, Bruins and the New York Saints. Okay,
1: the Bruins got four penalties. Everyone's freaking out. On I was talking about yeah. it on a show earlier. Everyone's going, "Oh, the refing's atrocious." Kelly Southern was atrocious in the Canes-Tampa series. The NHL needs an overhaul. Who's going to make refing perfect? The do you know how fast the NHL is? It's never been faster. How are we faulting the refs in these situations? Like, mm-hmm. oh, Bruce Cassidy, you want to go and bitch and complain about the refs? You're gonna get a fine. And, and don't be like, oh, it's five times worse than Tom Wilson. Well, no, hey, Bruce Cassidy, you want to fix it? Go ref again. I guarantee you he's never ref a hockey game. He's watching from mm-hmm. his luxury box, he's watching replays on NBC and he's making decisions off that. Refs don't have the luxury. And hey, I was a player and I was harsh on refs, I was an absolute ass to refs. I'll be the first to admit it but like you also have to take a step back and eat some humble pie here and be like hey we had four penalties we can't blame the refs for a loss
2: well hey no you're right you can't blame the refs but then he's kind of going oh we were just playing around and he's making excuses for whatever one line that he said that really stood out was when he said they need to quit listening to these outside influences and get it done right that sounds pretty accusatory to me. Like that doesn't sound like we're just poking around, having a bit of fun at trots. When you use those words about the referees and this is in a season where we have a Tim Peel hot mic and the NHL is like <laughs> the, the, the NHL is looking at this going, we don't have a lot of room to play around with this and let these guys make these comments. Like, what What did you think of that? Because that line, not a lot of people have focused on. And it did seem pretty accusatory to me, basically saying how influenced they're being by the outside, not doing their jobs.
1: Now, when I heard that, I, I poked a joke at it, of course. That's just who I am. But I said, like, does Bruce Cassidy actually think Kelly Sutherland's scrolling through Instagram at night or what? Yeah, like, I can't <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's where I first off go to it. But also... I mean, you bring up the Tim Peel situation and I think it just, there was a line drawn in the sand where the NHL has to decide, are we going to back our GMs who speak to the media? And, I mean, GMs Don't bring in a ton of money for the league. I get it. They're the hands in the organization, but GMs aren't the ones actually bringing in dollars and cents. Or are we going to stick with the refs who are the reason we got to play the game? No refs, no game. It's as simple as that. I think from the NHL, they have to stick with their guns, be like, Hey, we're hiring the best of the best. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, They take it seriously. If you don't think the NHL takes refs seriously, it's an asinine thing to think about. But, like, they have to back their refs. They have to be like, hey, Mm. we're putting the best people in this situation, and and we're going to stand behind them. Say something about them, boom, you'll get fined. Learn your lesson.
2: Yeah. Well, and it's they looked like a pretty undisciplined team to be saying those kind of things. Like, they weren't calling everything on Boston. Like yeah, right you, at the beginning you got of the Krejci, can
1: you know? You got cup Cupcheck, and Barzell there, and all of a sudden yeah. they're gonna you complain about refs in the same series.
2: Right at the I beginning of the game, did you see the hit to the head by Nick Ritchie on Mayfield? Like right and <laughs> started off. It's like maybe you guys are setting the tone with a little lack of discipline here. How
1: about the Taylor Hall and Mayfield fight? I mean, <laughs> what was he thinking? Like if Taylor Hall goes and breaks his hand there you got to assume that's one of the top 10 stupidest decisions in hockey. I mean, you know, it, it's almost like Vinny LeCavillet funding Jerome McGinley. But again, I mean, at least oh, again is yeah. still a skilled guy.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And Boston's in a situation where they can't be playing around with injuries. Like, you can't oh, be God taking recreational injuries when Tuka's obviously hurt. You're without Kevin Miller, Curtis Lazar, Brandon Carlo. Like their defense especially so like if you're going to be on offense you kind of have a responsibility to just be normal and not take a penalty or not get hurt doing something stupid
1: like i love the energy and the emotion in a game but i think mm. that there's a right time and a right place for everything yeah, and maybe, yeah. i don't know i mean just go go and fight jordan everly i guess hall and everly played together but i just think mm-hmm. they they're lucky they're lucky they escape from that one. Already we gotta get to a couple other series here. Just gonna let you know NHL news by Pro Rock Hockey Sticks, family owned Canadian company. Check them out today. ProRock.com, the best sticks in the game, Pro Rock Hockey Sticks. Colorado, what are you God. doing? Flurry gifts you a goal and you can't win a game. I think their top lines frauds right now. I mean, McKinnon's gone absolute ghost mode. Landeskog and Rantanen aren't affecting games. I think they thought it was over. Kale McCarr is clearly the best player on their team, and you know what? Flurry's making one big save that Philip Grubauer isn't making every single game, and they're down three two. It's embarrassing.
2: That is so funny. I I don't I'm almost speechless. I don't even know what to say. Obviously, everyone was was putting McKinnon
1: in Gretzky and Lemieux territory in these playoffs. How do you put him in those cat cat, like you know that you're talking about him in the same conversation of Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux? And for three games, he's been borderline irrelevant.
2: I wouldn't say irrelevant. Has he been a little less noticeable? Yes, but I think that's being a bit dramatic. i
1: mean i'm I'm dramatic as cause i mean that's we
2: know (laughs) that's why we get along
0: uh
2: that that series is so interesting because like i don't even know where to start with that one vegas looks so so good and carol or um colorado when they get a power play I'm almost like that is so, so mesmerizing to me. And I think I get sucked in right back to like Colorado's perfect. They can do no wrong. And then five on five, sometimes I just feel a bit underwhelmed. And I don't know if that's the play of the Avs or I don't know if that's just the Knights have kind of entered the chat a bit more because they did like that first game. I don't know what was going on with them, but obviously that was just a disaster. And Leonard didn't play super well at all, but.
1: it's <laughs> <laughs> a
2: nice way to put it. Yeah, (laughs) really kind way to put it but yeah that like that series I hope it goes the distance because I think there's a lot more to be seen just between those two teams like I don't picture the Avalanche just sitting back and going okay well it's not our year like I think this is one where they're going to come out pretty hot because you think that they don't hear all this talk you think that they don't hear all of us talking heads sitting here going oh who's Nathan McKinnon anyways (laughs)
1: Now, that's not what I said. Now you're taking my stuff out of context here. (laughs) But again, I think that they're going back to the Fortress, which is a very weird name. I still don't know if I like it or not in Vegas, but it's a pretty good playoff atmosphere. I'll give them half of some credit there. So you're in a tough situation. Flurry's playing great. I think that the Avs are a little shook up here, and it's really going to come down to are their leaders capable to carry them through a game? Can Philip Grubauer steal a playoff game against one of the best goaltenders you know uh, of all time? And marc Andre Fleury, a guaranteed first ballot Hall of Famer in my opinion, you know he could have his jersey retired in two cities by the end of his career. Like can uh-huh. Philip Grubauer... You don't, you don't think if he wins a Stanley cup in Vegas, you don't think. He's, oh,
2: I agree with you. Sorry. Oh, I'm oh, oh, sorry. I
1: am I thought you were shaking your head. I was no, like, yeah, I, I'm Vegas, such a but.
2: flower fan. And I, you yeah. saw his professionalism last night with that garbage goal at the end <laughs> of the first, but oh, then you see, like, think about how many goalies would be broken by that. Yeah. Especially in the playoffs in such a big spot. Like he's such a professional and the way that he came back in that game was just, oh, it's flower. And I he said, said after the game
1: too, like mentally, if this was 10 years ago, I would have been done. 10, 15 years ago, yeah. my game was over. They might as well have pulled me after that one. Now he's obviously more mature. Yeah, he's he's phenomenal. I, I don't know what else to say about him. So pretty impressive there. What series did we miss? Oh, Carolina, Tampa Bay. Is that the one we Miss? Yeah, give me your... I I said Carolina was done last week. I'm pretty sure you argued. I'm not sure. I I can't confirm, but I'm pretty sure you argued. And boom, five (laughs) games, their season's done.
2: Right, but you've been going in with the attitude the whole time of, oh, it was over before the series even started, and they have no chance at coming back. Like The Bolts were the better team, But it was a high-energy, tight series, and most games could have gone either way. Like, both of those things are allowed to be true. Vasilevsky was brilliant. Tampa was able to score on the power play. Carolina didn't. Like, to me, it was special teams and goaltending. And to you, it's like they're in different leagues. And I just, I've never seen it that way. I think the games were entertaining. I wished it went longer just because it was fun. But we've always viewed the canes pretty differently. <laughs>
1: yeah, but Carolina played entertaining games with Nashville too. So are we going to say Nashville's on the same you know level as Tampa Bay because the games were entertaining? No, I don't know.
2: their teams are built so differently. Like Nashville, I think a big part of that was UC Saros.
1: Do you think that Tampa has played anywhere close to their full potential in this series? Because I don't. I feel really? they are they are just being opportunistic on the power play. And that's just winning them the series five on five. I don't think they've been playing that great. They totally have another gear to get to. And, you know, it's kind of like how they played against Dallas, where against the Islanders, the reason the Islanders were in the series is because Tampa took stupid penalties and five on five. They weren't phenomenal against Dallas. They played five on five phenomenal. And they Mm -hmm. really just, you know, that's when they played to their true potential. So I still think Tampa's got another level to get to.
2: See, and I disagree with you in a way of, I I do agree that I don't think they were at their best five on five, but I don't think it was because of the Bolt. I think it was because the Canes were shutting them down. Like I that, I attest to the Canes playing well, which I know you don't. But <laughs> I, yeah, I think that series was so much tighter than you have the whole time. I, I think the Canes held them five on five a lot of the time.
1: Well, end of the day, they won one game out of five, so <laughs> I'll stick with that. The one A one B goaltending system never works. Rod Brandemore's got to figure that out before he becomes an elite coach in the NHL. We got to get Ooh. off to a commercial break. Though Catherine Silverman's coming up here. We got some tendy talk on the way. It's World Hockey Report. Cody Jansen, Katie Caldwell, with you. Now, anytime we get to talk tendies. It's a good time, Mm. of course, being a former goaltender. Hey, World Hockey Person by Lord Co. Auto Parts, the one-stop shop for quality RV, car, truck, or marine parts and accessories we're coming to you live here it's june 9th it's a beautiful day outside it's golf weather and of course if you're looking for something to sip on while you're swinging the sticks coco vodka cocoa rum they are the absolute best trust me on this one you need it if you're watching the nhl playoffs refreshingly different coco vodka cocoa rum new cans coming out here in canada flavors are next enjoy the cocoa length with us high quality ingredients no fillers no beer blow no cheap liquor coco vodka cocoa rum you will not be disappointed hit us up in the chat anytime i have World Honky RPT. You got any comments? Any thoughts? Any questions for our next guest? I'm on Twitter at january 31 Katie's there at Katie Loris. Time to bring on our next guest from Inside in Goal Magazine, goalie analyst Catherine Silverman. Catherine, thank you for hopping on here. We appreciate you taking time on this Wednesday morning. And I got to ask, you're down in Arizona. What was it like seeing Darcy Camper absolutely steal the show at the IIHF Worlds, turned it into top gear? And, and I mean, you know, wins a gold for Canada almost single-handedly. He was a difference maker. But also, where do you think this puts him amongst NHL goaltenders now?
3: Uh, you know, it, it made me kind of nervous because that I think it was the first game that they played the second or third where he was it was against usa and he was just getting toasted and i was like oh good 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 i'm glad that uh, (laughs) i'm glad that that's the performance he's putting up for us it's awesome um but he did he turned it around and uh i i think it kind of keeps him kind of right where he is um i don't think that he's the next carrie price by any stretch um i I don't know if that makes anybody sad, but um, I do think that he's been a very solid starter, uh, like a reliable starter when he's healthy. And watching him do that at the international level to not just with the team that he's been playing with day in and day out is, uh, it was reassuring, I guess is really the best word for it, that he's just solidified himself as as being able to be consistent, not just with the same system, but with with a team that that didn't look like it was as well constructed as it has been in the past, uh, with no, no offense to Canada, <laughs> <laughs> with no offense to Canada, <laughs> 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 okay, so Kat, you Sorry. you brought up one
2: name, Carey Price. I I don't even have a question. Just can you talk about Carey Price and what the
3: hell is going on? Um, whatever, uh, whatever, Lucky Stick he got smacked with uh, in between the end of the regular season and the first round. No, he's he's been such a phenomenally talented goaltender for years now. And he's, we talk about guys who play behind a team that doesn't really give them the strongest opportunity to, to relax at times and to, to have the game stolen for them here and there. Uh, That's, that's Carey Price. The Canadians have been not, not the most defensively sound team the NHL has ever iced. And he's, he's remained at worst league average over the last four or five years. And I think that that's pretty impressive uh, given the teams that he's had to work with and the workload that he's had. And it just seems like for, for whatever reason, all the pieces kind of came together Um, and he's just, he's, not to not to throw away all the scientific terms, but like he's vibing out there. <laughs> he's having the time of his life, and and it shows. You know when he's able to play in almost a more stress free environment. It's still the playoffs, but in a, in a situation where he's not playing for his for his reputation there. Because mm-hmm. for a while there, it really seemed like like that's what he was having to do in Montreal. He's he's any any games they win in the playoffs are considered like that's gravy for them. So. Mm-hmm. It's it takes a little bit of that pressure off and he's having a little bit more fun and and it shows. I think they're they're a fun team to watch right now for everyone but but Toronto and Winnipeg fans. So. <laughs> well, and I
2: backing off that cuz you're right, there is so so much pressure. I'm curious to get your thoughts on the North Division teams uh being in America cuz in Canada we get so deeply wrapped up in it and it's so personal for so many of us. <laughs> and there's so many storylines of which directions these teams could go. So, the Flames have questions, the Canucks obviously do. Leaves. God. Uh, but then the stands have a few cool pieces coming up too. In terms of Canadian teams, which situation would you want to be in? And which would you not want to be in right now?
3: I wouldn't want to be in Vancouver. Um mm. <laughs> just I agree. right off the bat, that's no way you people... guys didn't
1: script this out beforehand.
3: Yeah, I, we didn't? Promise, I promise we didn't. I promise we didn't. No, I I know a lot of people would say Toronto, right? They'd say, Oh, this team just cannot get away from that first round curse. That's the team that I wouldn't want anything to do with. And that's, that's okay. Um, I think that's, that's going to be a tough team to be with over the summer as they figure out where they're going, but that's, there's still a, a top team, right? They mm. they're struggling a little bit in the playoffs, but there's still a quality team. They still have a reasonably assembled roster. And I know Ottawa is a team that, I've had people with teams tell me that they wouldn't want to be there. I've had analysts tell me they wouldn't want to be there. It sometimes shows on the ice. But this year, it seems like for the first time, probably since that that weird playoff run they had four or yeah. five years back, they're they're a team that it doesn't seem like the players just wanted to get out of there. It seems like they were having fun playing, and I think that's that's kind of a bright future and Winnipeg's another team I mean, they've got a Vezina caliber goaltender. It's hard to complain about that. Um, Montreal is obviously the place to be right now because they're the only one that made it out yeah. of the, out of the first couple of rounds of the playoffs. Um, but really that leaves, that leaves the West of Canada that leaves Alberta, Calgary, uh, Calgary, Edmonton and, and Vancouver. And with no disrespect to the chaos in Edmonton and Calgary, because they each have their own special little little bouts of confusion, I think at Vancouver, just it seems like every week there's something that that team either has unearthed or they're they're. There are so many leaks within that team. I mean, it seems like every week we hear another another story from inside the front office about something that went wrong with decision-making or trades or conversations that weren't had. Most recently, it was the rumors about Tyler Toffoli claiming that he told his agent, uh, please sign me, uh, get a deal done with Vancouver. And then he said that no deal was ever made, like no deal was ever offered. And that's, I don't know if that's a situation that I would willingly put myself in just because I don't know what direction it's going to go. It could Mm -hmm. feasibly go down a little bit because they have talent on their roster. They could strip it like, like Ottawa. Um, I hope they don't, but they could head up. They could also just veer off in a different direction of messy. I think it's that that one has the least certainty for me. And Mm. that's in hockey. It's about certainty, right? At least for the players, you want to be somewhere that, that you feel confident in, in what you have, whether it's a rebuilding roster or a playoff team. And I think that it's, it's pretty impossible to tell which one of those Vancouver is. So,
1: Well, Catherine, I could ask you a million questions about the Edmonton Oilers and Calgary Flames, but I got one last (laughs) one for you here. Who's your favorite goaltending prospect or up and comer right now in the league? Uh, Obviously I think the, you know, the, the league's in good hands with a lot of these goaltending prospects coming up, but is there one that really sticks out to you?
3: Um, can I name like five?
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's, breaking, that's breaking the rules, but we'll allow it's, it.
3: Uh, there's, it's, goaltending prospects have this sort of wave that they go through where, as they they build up certain technique and development systems, we get better and better, and then it's almost like they overcoach it a little bit, and we see that little dip, and then we see them rising again, and I think we're currently in one of those big, we're almost in like the era that gave us flurry and Lundquist and Corey Crawford, and I think that's kind of what we're about to enter right now with this current crop of goaltenders. We've got guys like Spencer Knight, who... I I guess it's still considered a prospect, but has proven he can play NHL playoff games and look like he's not riding on adrenaline. He's riding on technique too. And we've got guys like, uh, Igor Shosturkin, Ilya Sorokin. We have the guys who haven't even hit the NHL yet. Like, uh, like we have, uh, Hugo Alnefelt who is in a, I believe he's one of Tampa's prospects unless they've weirdly dealt him away. Like they do sometimes, uh, and he's, he's a super promising guy out of Sweden. We have, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Trent Miner. Um, I think that he's going to be a lot of fun. I believe he's in Calgary. Um, I think that the Colorado Avalanche always have two or three guys who seem like they could feasibly be a very good starter. Right now they have uh, Justice Anunin, who I think is one of the most promising guys out of Finland in a really long time. Um, and then I think there's also Jaroslav Askarov. <laughs> and it's the fact that he's almost like an afterthought adding him in there too. I mean, there's so many names when you go basically to every division, there's two or three guys who seem like they could be legitimate starters. And that to me is, that's exciting for a while there. We went through a little lull where it seemed like maybe there weren't a ton of grade a goaltending prospects. And it's nice to see that we do have so many of them coming up. Hopefully I mentioned everyone's (laughs) favorite team.
2: Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) I just have uh, one last question for you and then we'll let you go. I want to ask you about the rise of popularity in hockey in Arizona, specifically women's hockey. So the Arizona Kachinas under 14 team uh, made it to nationals this year. They released a five-part mini series highlighting the team. Um, Let's file this thing under things we like to see.
3: The things we love to see even. Love to see. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, I know that, it seems like every year, kind of like with Vancouver, how there's some new new and fun disaster every week. In Arizona, it seems like there's always something that that people in Hamilton, Ontario and Quebec City are like, this is why you should move the team here. And uh, it's good to see that especially the women's growth in Arizona mm-hmm. has just taken off. They used their grassroots money to uh, to start a program from learn to skate up through high school where they have a team now at every age group. And they have it split so that once you reach, I think it's age 13, um, there's travel. So there's club programs starting with that U14 going up and then there's high school too. So you can just play high school hockey. And, uh, if you play men's, like if you play boys hockey and girls hockey, um, if you play them both, you get a discount. So it sort of encourages those girls who are a little too good to be playing with the girls team and think that they're getting their better development with the boys, um, encourages them to stay. So we're not losing that talent. Um, cause for a while, that was a big issue. They were having girls either go to the boys programs or leave for prep schools back East. And so once you hit a bad age 12, there was just this giant talent drain. And we've mm-hmm. seen the numbers retention has been huge. That U 14 team in the Rocky mountain division, I believe they're a, they're a two, a two way team right now. Um, they were the best team by like a, a wide margin. Um, it really took them making it two nationals and playing these teams from Massachusetts and, and Minnesota to really, uh, to really start losing games. Um, and it just, it's, it's retaining that talent. It's getting more eyeballs on the game. It's getting more eyeballs on the women's game out West. Um, cause we really don't have a ton of staying power right there. We don't have any D1 programs for girls at the collegiate level out west. So hopefully it's it's just setting up that opportunity to maybe have ASU's women's program do what the men's did where they went from ACHA to D1. Maybe, maybe the women's can do that next.
0: Mm,
2: we love to see it. <laughs> well Kat, you've said it all. Thanks so much for joining us. You can follow Cat on Twitter at KatM Silberman for all the goalie updates and is updates.
3: Oh, hilarious!
2: Legendary daughter who is one of the funniest <laughs> humans on social media.
3: Well, thank you for having me. Thanks, <laughs> so got Thanks. a shout out.
1: Thanks again, right there, Catherine Silverman. That was awesome. That was good. I, I, I like that last question. Definitely something that's you know. I don't think most people would understand the challenges that Arizona, California, some of those Southern states go through with minor hockey where costs Mm -hmm. are way through the roof. And, you know, I, I got to see some of that, you know, obviously on the boys men's side where it's tough to build a minor hockey program when you have to travel further than anyone else for these games, you have to travel further for quality. So to have a team like the Arizona coyotes backing those programs that's mm-hmm. awesome. And you got to tip your hat to that. But we got to head off to commercial break here. When we come back, yeah, we're going to talk the, the technical side of hockey. It's video coach Mitch Jager joining us here on 12-Ounce Sports. What's going on? World Hockey Report. Cody Jansen here, presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts. Learn more at lordco.com. Follow him on social media at lordcoparts. We also of course you guys already know those coho hats are absolutely fire TPS all the b- classic branding yeah you get a chance to win those after the next game seven we'll host a talk space for you guys we'll get you hooked up with all that great swag and our next guest brought to you by Billy smelling salts time to ditch the energy drinks and coffee get ready to win with Billy smelling salts they're designed for athletes looking to get in the zone Billy smelling salts rapidly increase energy levels through brief sniffing support Canadian business go check them out today at shopbillies.co not dot com dot C O plus punch in the promo code WHR for an extra ten percent off. Of course use responsibly. Katie, we you just crushing coffee there. Was that why you lifted your coffee mug?
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, no, no shame, no shame. Oh, in.
2: Today's mood.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. Well, hey, maybe we gotta get you a World Hockey Part One. Our next <laughs> guest, though, KHL video coach Torpedo Nizhny Novgorod. I believe I said it half correct. It's probably terrible, Mitch Shiger. What's going on? Hey, actually, first question. No chance you're related to JS Shiger, are you? No, not oh, okay. Chance. Well, now I'm disappointed. We'll just end the interview. No, no <laughs> I'm kidding. Have
4: <laughs> <that's kidding>. <laughs> a good one. <laughs>
1: No, he was one of my favorites growing up. Mitch, uh, tell us your story. Uh, you know, it's really intriguing. I've obviously, you know, look, looked up and stuff, and I know you followed us for a while. What got you into hockey? You know, when did you know you wanted to start getting to coaching? And, you know, just, you know, what led to this journey you've been on?
4: Like, we we, we could probably talk for days about how everything started and where I'm at right now, but I'll, I'll try to keep it simple. So I was playing, went to some training camp, junior, stopped playing, stopped working start making my life and at 21 year old I start playing again with senior and I got hurt got injured at the leg and I started coaching the same team that I was playing for just for having fun being with the boys and everything and like two years after uh, minor hockey calling me saying hey Mitch we have a we're looking for coaches uh, here in Quebec this, the hockeys in school so every day of the week we they're, they're having practice so I started uh, at the school being a coach without even thinking one day I can make a living out of it and a couple of years later I was triple midget. major I was head coach I was a scout in the major junior uh, going back and forth and after that we move out to Winnipeg I work in the NJHL over there I was head coach assistant coach GM work in the WHL and uh, again that's really a uh, Short story, and uh, I'll say last year we made a move to leave Winnipeg to come back here in Quebec uh, because I have a wife and we have four kids together so 13, 11, five, and four years old. And, and at the same time, I was doing like I'm a video coach, but like down the road, I was I spend I've been coached for 15 years, I think, right now, and I've been a video coach only for like a year and a half or two years always done video on youtube twitter and you can see me on social media but last year throughout the summer uh, a khl team reached out to me max who's the gm now and we just start talking about video about hockey and everything and in uh, august you reached out to me saying hey mitch we're looking to add a new video coach Do you want to apply i was like khl wow yes that's that's the dream that's the goal so i applied. Uh, And and funny story, so they sent me, so the test or the interview was breaking down a game, and he said, here's the footage, here's the game, I want you to break down server stall. And I was like, okay, fine. But he sent me the footage in Russian. So the like everyone's talking in Russian, obviously, but the letters and everything was in Russian, and they were kind of wearing their third jersey without the, the primary logo, both teams. So it was like the yellow and the green team. I didn't know which one I had to look. So it took me a good hour, hour and a half, Google trying to translate and everything, because could you imagine you do the interview and you break down the wrong team? So anyway, so everything happened. Uh, the head coach calling me saying, Mish, what you've done it's beyond and above. We want you on board. So I started working for them and uh, I started remotely. So from home, because with the COVID and everything, it was kind of... A, Uh, complicated and uh, after Christmas I left home and I've been there what two months two months and a half there uh, for the last run of the season make the playoffs and uh, I came back here uh, my house on March 19 I think after losing in the first round
2: Oh, sorry, technical difficulties here. Mitch, you brought up your path uh, down the road. Are there any plans for what's next? There just seems uh, to be so many different directions and opportunities with Hockey Now coaching, especially with the rise of video technology and analytics.
4: It's, uh, you know, video, it's beyond and above. Like, it's funny because two weeks ago, I started learning how to use after effects. So now let's see my video on YouTube, I have the same Sportsnet uh, casting, I'll say, you know, the name above the player following him, like the shadow and everything. Uh, The next thing is right now I'm talking with Torpedo, so they want me back, I want to go back there. So it's just a matter of uh, like finishing the contract, I'll say like just having the contract on on paper and and signing at the bottom. So that's the plan to go there for a full year uh, or half and half, depending on what. But you know, I love doing video, uh, video is a great way to, or it's a great opportunity to be pro and that's why I'm a pro coach now but you know down the road I would love to just go back as an assistant coach because you know being on the ice coaching behind the bench it's 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 what I like the good thing when I was with Torpedo over there is I was not only a video guy I was I'll almost say I was not a video guy like while we were playing I was the eye in the sky so I was standing in the stands watching analyzing in between periods I was telling what's going on to the coaches. In practice, I was working with forwards. I was working with sentiment. Even if 90% of the team doesn't speak English, I figure it out a way so I can communicate with them. I was taking a player who was uh, speaking English and Russian, obviously, and he was helping me out. Or I was, let's say, working on the face-off, working. I was taking their blades and trying to show you know, by Munich and, and things like that. So the goal is to stay at the pro level. Uh, I love Corpito. It's a great organization. I really enjoy my time with Max and Dave, the head coach. The coaching staff was amazing. I never had so much fun like that while I was there. Uh, but obviously, like, for me, living, uh, do a living with hockey, it's the, the priority. And after that, being at the highest level, it's the second one. And right now, I'm just lucky I have both.
2: That's a pretty good priority to lead the crew, <laughs> uh, Mitch. I want to ask you about Chris Weidman. So incredible season, forty one points in fifty nine games. Just named Defensive of the Year in the KHL. What do you attribute the success to?
4: Uh, first, he's a good guy. He's a good kid. He's he's a great person. He, he compete. He loves playing. He loves to get better. But he compete every single time, even in practice. Like it's funny because I've seen him being pissed off in practice and almost doing a slap shot to another player because it was pissed off, you know? So th- this is how much you love competing and you love showing up. Uh, why you had success? Many reasons. I think, obviously, the, the, the size of the rink, uh, because, you know, NHL is 26 uh, feet with the uh, the, uh, the size of the rink. In KHL, it's 28, and you got the Olympic 30. So having that two feet more it's a huge advantage. You got more time, more space. Obviously, the second thing, there's a lot of body check, but not like as the NHL or a guy like Chris. He can't skate around. He can't skate. You got more time, more space to make anything, carrying the puck, making plays in the offensive zone. So that's why he had a lot of success. And obviously, he's a defenseman. He's a defenseman, but his IQ with the puck is beyond and above like we can see that was his first year as a khl usually players need at least a season to figure it out you know bigger eyes new teammates new system not the same language for him he show up and he was the main guy you know he was running the first power play finish with most points in the league uh he beat the uh, he got the record now with the torpedo most points by a demon so his high his is skating uh the we compete and even without the puck like i was talking with um, Sandis Ozilin, she was the, the coach for, with uh, Torpedo for the d The way you retrieve the puck below the goal line in your own zone, it's beyond and above. The way you can just kind of roll with the hit, slick hands, it's things that you just cannot teach. Even Sandis, like he's a Hall of Famer guy, who was like, I don't even know how he's doing it. The way he's retrieving the puck, cutting his hands, turning, still having the puck without getting hit, I don't know. I need to ask him. So this is just how good he is. And again, he loves playing. He loves playing hockey. You compete on the ice, and you got a great IQ. So that's why he had a lot of success this year. Let hey us Mitch,
2: know got,
4: when you ask
1: them. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Mitch, I got one last one for you, though. And obviously, there's been a you know, an influx of players jumping right from the KHL to the NHL and having immediate success. I mean, they're jumping in as superstars. So what really sets a league like the KHL apart from the AHL? Is it the coaching development? Is it just how much of a higher level the players are, the pros they're bringing in? Or what really is making for this trans- transition for guys? Guys like Sorokin, Kaprizov that jump into the NHL and they can hop into a, you know, top line D pairing top in you know, starting goaltender, top line forward.
4: The, the biggest difference is I'd say Kaprizov is, what, 24 this year, if I'm right? He already played like three or four years in the KHL and he played with men's before. So if we compare with junior players that are turning 18 and they're playing in the NHL at 19, the gap is huge. In the KHL, they are playing. They can start playing the KHL at 18, 19. So they have more years to understand. So that's the first thing. The other thing, too, is the, with the, the width of the ice and everything, players are, I'll not say, allowed to play more with the puck, but you have more time and space. So if you have more time and space, you keep the puck a little bit longer. So that's the biggest difference. Now, if we want to compare the AHL with the KHL, obviously, AHL is more structure you know video structure you have to follow this you're going to do this for check and it's you know up and down KHL I will not say it's less structure but it's more skills way more skills more even if we we, I'll even say it's more skills more offense because it's dump and chase they are for check don't get me wrong but most of the time if you if you don't have an in rush instead of dump and chase it's just going to turn back Give it back to the D, and we're going to do a regroup or a transition. So that's the biggest thing. So that's why some of the American Hockey League players trans- can do great transition, and some KHL players, same thing. But some of them, because they can't uh, handle the pressure or they can't, they, they are not a good skater. So that's why they struggle. So that's why when we kind of recruiting or looking at the players, we have some specific thing that we have to look to make sure if we'll have, we will have you will have success points is one but it's not everything
1: mitch we appreciate you taking the time here we hope you get a deal worked out in torpedo again and hey i think a couple of years maybe we'll see you uh you know on an nhl staff someday yeah. thank you so much for taking the time here this morning mitch take Thanks care. For having me. mitch jaguar right there video coach Torpedo. We won't say the town name again because I probably butchered that. But it's interesting. I, I, I love the facts he brings up. And, you know, when Austin Matthews went over to Switzerland, I feel like the same thing kind of happened there. Instead of going major juniors, college, you know, American League, he had that bigger ice he got to develop. And mm-hmm. his transition into the NHL, well, he we had like four goals in his first game. <laughs> you know, I don't think we'll factor that into Switzerland, but... There's my thoughts there, but uh, interesting, good interview. What did you take from that one?
2: Yeah, just exactly that. I and especially what he was saying about Weidman, I thought it was so interesting because just everything about time and space. And I don't, I don't really think like I didn't play hockey, so there are still a lot of things that I'm learning in the media of just the ins and outs of the game and just stories like that. I just love hearing because it helps me understand.
1: His journey's wild. That's I know. So. I love it. That, that's awesome just to hear that. Of course, be sure to connect us on Twitter anytime at World Hockey RPT. I'm on Twitter at jenner 31 Katie's there at Katie Loris. Quack stats benching. Okay, who are we gonna bench today for our friends at Quack Stats, the most advanced player tracking technology? Follow them today on Instagram at quack underscore stats and go check the web out now up. Mine's simple. I'm benching Bruce Cassidy. There's nothing I hate okay. more than the people whining about refs. Shut up and ref yourself if you want them to be that good.
2: That's a good one. I like that. I'll bench him too. Mine is um, anyone who at a live sporting event, especially after a global pandemic, that's going to start the wave. That's who I'm benching. I didn't sit in these four walls for the last 75 months, just so I could go to my first live sporting event and have some jabroni down the bottom trying to get me to the wave. Not Not happening.
1: I've never been a wave person though. I'm not fan. I'm the boring fan. I'm fine with, you know, just sitting there being quiet, you know, maybe I having a pop. A fan. Or, well, yeah, it's <laughs> I don't know. People are insane. It's wild to see the barns go crazy, like Vegas, Boston. The Coliseum is going to be absolutely rocking. That transitions well into our better of the night. MyBookie.ag, use promo code 120 sports. I'm going to hammer the over today, goals-wise, four and a half, five and a half, whatever you can get it at, goals in the Boston Isles series, because mm. I think the Coliseum is going to be buzzing, and they're going to feed off that energy.
2: Okay, I love that. I'm going Isles regulation win.
1: Wow. They're yeah. closing it out. You don't want a game seven. You hate game sevens or what? I, get
2: I love game <laughs> sevens. I hope for a game seven. Tuca, I think, is really hurt. They're so banged up on defense. Um, I see Isles in regulation.
1: Wow. Sorry, Bruins. You're done. We're going to be down to five if Katie's prediction comes th- true don't forget download the podcast uh the hockey podcast network they're uh, presenting it so download or read, subscribe wherever you get your podcast from i didn't get your thoughts on a couple of things so rapid fire while mm. we got a minute left here yeah. andre Polat that hit two minute minor worth it is he gonna get a suspension or a fine what do you think
2: um i wasn't a fan of it i thought he extended the elbow and it caught a lot of the head um i don't think he's a dirty player i think it was a dirty hit and i will say i would suspend two games
1: but you think Mark is a dirty player. (laughs) Okay, we're not going to bring that one back. Also, Montreal, are they going to stand a chance against Vegas here?
2: Yep. I I don't know what else to say, but think about how wrong we've been the entire time. We can look at the matchups between those two teams and then you just look at the Habs are built for the playoffs. They're structured so well. Price is playing out of his mind. Cole Caulfield stepping up. The young guys are doing their jobs. Leaders are leading. Habs are in it.
1: They just kind of do everything right. They can win a 1-0 game. They can win a 5-4 game. Their top four D-men are just absolute men built for playoffs. It's exactly what I see in St. Louis when they won. They've got Mm. a hot goaltender. We'll make that Jordan Binnington comparison because I know he's one of your top three favorites. Uh, And I don't know. I just think think Montreal has what it takes this year to compete. They're going to be well-rested, especially if Vegas and Colorado go 7 where they're beating the piss out of each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Montreal's got more of a chance than people think. I but think again, so. and now, now that I'm thinking it, I'm probably way wrong and they're going to get swept. <laughs> but,
2: I mean, at least we'll be consistent. We'll be consistently wrong through the whole playoffs. <laughs>
1: consistency <laughs> is key huge thanks to our guests Catherine Silverman Mitch Jaguar for hopping on the show big thanks to the sponsors who make it possible Lord Co Auto Parts Coco Vodka Coco Run Pro Rock Hockey Sticks Billy Smelling Salts Quack Stats MyBookie.ag The Hockey Podcast Network 12 Ounce Sports and everyone you know what have a good one you know it's nice we're getting back to normal I'm happy I can finally say things are looking up we're getting back to normal get those you know get your jab Be, just, just do it do it don't complain
0: oh,
1: yeah well oh, best, best <laughs> of luck to you hopefully uh none of the side effects come true but again we're getting closer to being back in rings. so everyone be kind be better